Just a quick heads up, the people I talk to in this podcast have gone through major changes and challenges in their lives. So on occasion, there will be very explicit language and content. You have been warned. I continued to be the good Muslim girl. Then at 18, I had my first sip of alcohol. And there I think things changed a little bit. This is Changed, the podcast about life's unexpected events and how we deal with them. I mean, I'm light-skinned. Uh, my hair is not very dark. People see me on the street, they won't say that I'm half Arab. My father is Egyptian, my mother is Swedish. My brothers and I, were we were raised in a third culture in Dubai. And can you tell me a little bit about your childhood? What was it like growing up there? It was a very different Dubai to the Dubai that people know now. It was quite in the beginning of its existence, as it's not a very old country. So it, well, I remember desert, just empty, empty desert, long roads with desert on either side. It's not at, uh, as outdoorsy as Europe is. So it was more playing at friends' houses, going to like hotel resorts where they had swimming pools because in Dubai it's always warm. So it's spending a lot of time in the water. And what language did you speak at home? English. It's always been English. My father doesn't speak Swedish. My mom doesn't speak uh, Arabic. Do you? I can get by. I can have a conversation. I'm, not fl I'm nowhere near fluent. Like me, Sarah is an expat living in Luxembourg. And like she says, when I met her for the first time, I had no idea she was half Arab. But once I got to know her better, I learned that her religion has shaped her life profoundly. In the interest of full disclosure, before we continue, Sarah is not her real name. She asked me to change it, as well as her voice and a few minor details of her background. This felt extremely weird to me. I'm a journalist after all, and I'm obsessed with facts. However, Luxembourg is one of the smallest countries in the world. And after a while, if you're out and about, people just know you. And there are other, more personal reasons, and they will become clear once we get further into his story. So let's get back to that. So your parents were expats in Dubai, but you grew up there. Did you have many Emirati friends? Well, no, because the thing with Dubai is that the locals, they kind of live in their own little bubble. They don't really, or at least in my time, they, there was not much interaction. I think of all my friends, I had one or two who were local. So most of my friends were English, other Arabs from Lebanon, Egypt, Jordan, wherever. Many native English speakers. So we would play the normal things. I was a typical girly girl, Barbies, make-believe, drawing, playing teacher. I loved that. And you and your brothers were raised Muslim. Yeah, because of the the surroundings. It was never taboo to talk about like Christmas or Easter or the fact that my mom was of a different religion. We celebrated everything, so we got the best of both. We got to celebrate the Eid, which is the celebration after Ramadan and after the pilgrimage. We got to celebrate Christmas as well, Easter. So it was a nice kind of multicultural mix of all celebrations. Why did your parents decide to leave Dubai? 
it was a point where they realized, okay, it's not my country, it's not your country. And the Emirates is not a country where you really stay forever. It's more like a transitional place. People come, people go. All my life, my childhood, it was always me saying goodbye to friends who go back to their countries. And then at some point it was my turn. When Sarah is 13, her parents decide to move the whole family to Sweden, her mother's home country. Sarah had spent many summers there, so she was familiar with the country. And yet, living there was a completely different story. I remember my first big moment of like, oh my goodness, was we were, I was in town with my mother. And I looked and I saw a boy and a girl about my age holding hands. And for me, that was... That was something new. Because in Dubai, in the Emirates, and plus in, in, yeah, in the Arab world in general, you don't do that. Even friendships between boys and girls are a bit taboo. Or they were a bit taboo in my time. So in Dubai, you didn't have boys as friends or you never hung out with boys outside of school? No dating, going to the movies? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, that was out of the question. But I loved shows like, Australian neighbors or Santa Barbara, like really sad, pathetic little soap operas. Well, but hang on a second. You know, the driving plot lines of these series are, I think, intense relationships and sex and cheating. And that was okay to watch. Well, no, because the funny thing is that in many of the Arab channels, those any, any kissing scene or any intimate scene was cut. So it would go directly from like the two people coming closer together and then suddenly it was gone most of the arab channels actually yeah they cut all those scenes out and that censorship did that apply to all media outlets like i remember as um yeah a preteen because i was a huge boy band fan and my mom would buy me pop music magazines like smash hits or whatever and there was always a problem section and that was my way of like learning about stuff like that reading like oh, I have a boyfriend and he wants to sleep with me. And what? And I was like, oh, sleep with me? But they're not married. So it was I'm very sheltered in that sense. So in the new country, Sarah is culture shocked to the core. Just picture this, a 13-year-old girl who has grown up with Muslim values and traditions. And on the first day of school in Sweden, people show up in hot pants, t-shirts and shorts. Obstacles are everywhere. And often where she least expects them. In the school canteen, I mean, I didn't even think about the fact that there could be pork in the school food because back home it, it was like normal. Of course, it's not going to be pork. And that's why they had sausage and I had one. And some people decided to tell me only after I had eaten half that, oh, by the way, it's pork. That must have felt awful. How did you react to that? That sucked. I felt guilty, but then I thought, okay, but I didn't know. But then it, it made me kind of feel the need to keep my eyes open more. Did you talk to your father about that? No. <laughs> no. No. I think what you'll find or what I've noticed is that many Muslims living abroad, they will do this or that. But one thing they are so strict about is that they do not eat pork. I don't know why that is the strongest, strictest thing that they follow. But yeah, so no, my dad does not know. <laughs> So you started at the new school and you were different from most of the other kids with regard to your faith and values. Did that ever cause any problems or were you excluded from any activities? I never felt excluded. I think the only time something came up was during Ramadan because I followed Ramadan then. 
and people would find it really bizarre that I couldn't eat during the day and especially that I couldn't drink because I had friends in Sweden but the things that we did together it was different it was the same as back in the Emirates it was coming to over to my place yeah listening to music doing stuff together but not really going out but you were living in one of the most liberal european countries and did you and your friends never talk about boys or anything i mean you were teenagers after all when i was 14 i had a, a girl who i considered my best friend and she did a week exchange in italy she came back and i thought she was trying to ignore me or she didn't want to be my friend anymore but it turns out that she had kissed a boy And she was afraid to tell me because she thought that I would be judgmental or angry with her. And for me, I didn't care. It was what they wanted to do. It was not what I wanted to do. But I told her, like, don't hide things from me. There's no point. That's sad. And dealing with all this, did you think about going back to Dubai? Yeah, yeah. The original plan was to leave. I wanted to go study and my choices were back to Dubai or Egypt or Lebanon. But uh, things didn't go according to plan with the universities and whatever. So yeah, I, I ended up staying. What exactly changed for you? I think it, would, it was more when I turned 18. It was my first party ever. Like a party party, not like a children's party. Yeah? Yeah, I had a friend... A really good friend. I'm still friends with her. And she, uh, we, we went, it was a hip hop party. And uh, she had bought cider. And after three sips, I was drunk. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is fun. <sighs> yeah. It went downhill from there, I think. How did your parents feel about that? Your father? It was a long, difficult journey, but I think we're good now. I think it took time. It took a long time. So what exactly was the problem? Was it a drinking? Was it a partying? I think one of the issues is that I'm the only girl and I'm the eldest, which I think with the Arab culture, it puts more pressure. But for us, well, dating, I did it, but it wasn't allowed. That must have been difficult for you. I'm not good at keeping things to myself, especially my emotions. And when I love, I love. Um, intense so yeah it was difficult did you have anyone to talk to about dating and boys did your mother know you were dating yeah it was different with her because she was from the european culture and she she dated and she it was nothing forbidden in her culture so she understood plus living in europe kind of difficult to abide by all the rules set by the culture so sarah hides her boyfriends from her father which is very difficult for her They have always been close, but he still struggles with the changes and won't accept her more liberal lifestyle. After graduating from university, Sarah finds a great job and moves to a city three hours away from her family. They are still close, but in her new environment, Sarah has more freedom. Eventually, she falls in love with a Swedish guy. I had a boy. He got a job in Luxembourg, so I moved to, to Luxembourg for him. Uh, looking at it now, I don't know how I got the courage to do it or why I did it, but I live with my heart, I suppose. But no, I didn't want to. My whole family, were they were in Sweden, and uh, my family are everything to me. Speaking of family, what did they think when you announced you were moving to another country? 
How did your father react? There were issues when I first moved here of like lifestyle choice. The fact that I moved here for a boy, we weren't married. It's not really the thing that he he would have hoped for his daughter. And after all you have told me, that must have been a huge step for you as well. I mean, that pretty much goes against any rule you used to live by. How did you get along in the new country? It sucked. It was terrible. It was a new environment. It's funny now because I remember the first few days here, I was like, oh my God, this is such a huge country. Looking at it now, all these years later, I see how ridiculous that sounded. But it was a new country. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any places. I didn't want to be here. So it was kind of a new shock in itself. Plus the language issue. Oh yeah, that's true. If Yeah, if you want to survive here, you should really know French or German. I had taken French at school, but nowhere near enough to get by. And I didn't speak and still don't speak a word of German. So that was new. So how did you cope? What were your first months in Luxembourg like? Misery. Really misery. I was, it was almost uh, to the point of being depressed. It was terrible. I remember Sundays were the worst. I don't know why, but Sundays were miserable. I would cry, like, from the moment I woke up until I went to bed. It was horrible. It took three years, to be honest. It was three years of culture shock. And after the three years, what was different? I, I made more friends. I kind of opened up to the idea of adapting and trying. Consciously, I tried to, to learn uh, French as well. I think at that point, I started to get stronger and get confidence because those three years, it was really a blur. And then when that was over, I kind of, I, f I think I found myself more. I was forced to grow and to, to really see what I wanted, what I didn't want and what I wanted to change. And I think through the people who I had met, I, yeah, I grew and I, I became strong enough to make a big decision. At that time, Sarah takes a deep breath and a long, hard look at the last three years of her life. She realizes that her relationship is not working anymore and breaks up with her boyfriend. Everyone back home expects her to come back to Sweden. But Sarah surprises everyone when she tells them that she might just stay put for a little while longer. After all that misery, why did you end up staying in Luxembourg? Well, at the point when the relationship ended, I was in a good job. I was happy with where I was working. And not too long after, another boy came along. Do you feel different about your new home now? I feel, and I've always felt that Luxembourg is like a European, yeah, a European version of Dubai. I mean, Dubai... It's over 50% of the population are actually foreign. And it's a similar, okay, not 50% in Luxembourg, but you have a big amount of population. They come from here and there. And it's the same. It's like a melting pot of cultures. And that's what I love about here. So you have been living in Europe for about 20 years now. What impact has that had on your faith? I think I'm good. I think I'm finally at peace. I think that's important. I'm not in constant conflict or feeling guilty that I'm doing this or that and I shouldn't be. Looking back now at my life, I think a lot of the things that I did 
in the past in my childhood they were kind of mannerisms of religion that were kind of programmed where i think just because i occasionally eat pork or i enjoy a glass of wine it doesn't mean that i belong in hell it's just it's my balance it's more about being a good person and having morals than praying five times a day or fasting for a month so you don't observe ramadan anymore not every year this year i lasted a week and then weekend came and we were invited and things happen it's a stupid excuse but also it's very difficult to do ramadan in europe first of all because if you are supposed to fully respect the rules you fast until around 10 p.m which personally i can't do it's the thirst that's more of a, an issue than the hunger and then yeah because in in the middle east you it, it life changes completely working days are shorter you you really nap all during, through the afternoon evenings you go visit people you have family dinners you have a real like um it's a celebration and how are things with your father has he accepted your lifestyle choices my dad loves luxembourg because it reminds him of the european countries he visited in his youth no me and my dad are great now he loves my boyfriend he loves luxembourg he loves coming to visit it's i think he's mellowed as well as the years have gone by I think we've all realized that honestly life is too short and there is no point wasting time being angry, judging or just like not speaking to each other for little little things. Do you still think about moving to an Arab country? Yes, but then I snap out of it. I think Dubai would work because it's very multicultural, but uh I think I'm too opinionated to survive uh, happily and uh, in harmony in an Arab country maybe plus things that I'm used to I think it's best if I stayed here <laughs> I mean in Europe Sarah and her boyfriend have recently decided to move in together and are thinking about buying an apartment in the city they have both decided to stay in Luxembourg for the time being Sarah is also taking Luxembourgish classes she says she really feels at home here now but she will not apply for the Luxembourg citizenship. For her, nationality means family, and that's why she's okay with having an Egyptian and a Swedish passport. After all, these two cultures are more than enough to balance. This podcast is produced by me, Julia Zippel. The theme music is The Light by Arsch One. Thank you for listening, and I hope you tune in again next time. <laughs>